this two-part series on Through the Water Cycle, a show on Xylem Solving Water podcast, a group of experts from across the company share non-clogged solutions available to solve the latest challenges water utilities are facing, including system clogging due to social distancing and quarantine guidelines put into place in light of COVID-19. The second segment highlights temporary non-clogged solutions and how water utilities can determine when to use them whether in response to emergency system issues or as a fail-safe for planned projects. Here's the discussion. Welcome to part two of our two-part series on clog-free pumping solutions for water utilities. I'm Amanda Holloway here with Xylem experts Hunter Powell, Crystal Zaman, and Stan Rakovich. Thanks to everybody for joining the show again. Today we're talking about temporary anti-clog pumping solutions, including contingency planning for sanitary sewer overflows, um, an issue that we're seeing a lot more of these days uh, as a result of COVID-19. And so, um, Stan, why don't we start with you? Uh, Can you just tell our listeners what you do for Xylem and kind of what you're seeing out there since coronavirus has intensified over the past couple weeks? Sure. So... Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Stan Rokovich. I'm the distribution and product manager uh, North America, uh, working with uh, both Godwin and Flight Products. You know, I think since COVID has come about in the U.S., we've seen a lot of requests for uh, for products for temporary uh, hospitals and sites that are handling COVID patients. Um, and a lot of the the concerns that we face or the challenges is actually what is getting put into the sanitary sewer system, right? Uh, as products are not available, uh, the consumer is using other things to, to actually flush into the toilet, which are eventually going to, uh, to clog both the, uh, the sewer systems and the pumps where they're going. So uh, as we get requests for bypass products, um, our NC technology that's available in both the Godwin and flight mm-hmm. pumps has become a huge asset uh, for us and our customers that we have the capabilities and the ability to support uh, whatever bypass needs come up, uh, whether it's at a lift station that might have or at, uh, at an entrance to a treatment plant that might not have screening capabilities. We feel comfortable and very confident with our technology to be able to handle any kind of inflow and flow coming uh, for these opportunities and projects. And, and if just if we could just back up a, a little bit about what the definition of a sanitary sewer over there commonly referred to as, you know, what is it? When does it occur? Why does it happen? Sure. So, you know, sanitary sewer overflows can occur uh, either when you have a mechanical or an electrical failure at a lift station. And it could be it could be because the lift station has failed, um, like I said, either mechanically or electrically. Uh, it could be that just the interceptor um, can't handle the flow uh, due to potentially heavy rain events. And if there's uh, infiltration into uh, the lines, that could potentially overburden them, causing them uh, to, to back up and overflow uh, into the residential streets and the neighborhoods, uh, waterways, you name it, anywhere where there's a sanitary manhole where that sewage is flowing. Um, if there is a backup or failure at that lift station, uh, that sewage is eventually going to spill and create an issue for that municipality or township uh, that will have to deal with it quickly. Um, so, um, and in that case, when that happens, 
you know, that's when we're able to, to help and assist mm-hmm. these customers with, you know, contingency planning and supplying them equipment. Uh, but that is the definition, that sanitary sewer overflow, inflow to that, uh, that line, you'll see a problem at one of the manholes right. in the system. Today we're talking about temporary anti-clog pumping solutions. Um, on our last uh, episode of this two talking about more permanent solutions uh, for clog-free pumping. So I wonder, Hunter, if you can um, just remind everybody what your role with Xylem is and, and, and talk through some of the solutions for water utilities. Sure. Uh, so uh, my name is Hunter Powell, and I'm the um, America's product manager for the Godwin, the diesel-driven product line. So there's, there's a lot of different considerations um, when you talk about temporary pumping. Um, one advantage you have with, with temporary pumping is, is you just kind of have to get close. So when you're, when you're working with a, a permanent installation, you're going to make sure you have, you know, the right pump, it's in the best efficiency point, and it's designed to operate. When you're dealing with, you know, as Stan talked about, an SSO or an emergency situation, um, you're going to be dealing with what can we get out there the quicker to mitigate the problem. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it gives you a lot more flexibility. Again, you don't have to necessarily have to have the perfect pump for that application. You just have to have something that's going to work. So then what are some considerations? I mean, obviously you gave some examples of why you'd, you'd go with temporary versus permanent solutions. But in terms of renting versus buying, like what are some considerations utilities should have? I mean, when do you know when to do one or the other, especially with well, things that maybe are repetitive or redundant? Well, so a, a lot of times, whether if you're, if you're looking at something repetitive and you're looking at a rent versus purchase situation, it's, that's going to kind of come down to dollars and cents and, you know, how frequently do you do that operation? But when you're looking at a rental installation, one thing to really factor in mind is that is that when you're doing a rental installation, typically you're renting an entire system. You're not renting a pump. When you think about a permanent installation, you have piping that's installed by a contractor, you have different wet well you know, design engineers, and you're purchasing a pump that's going into an existing okay. system. So that's a key differentiate to understand that that when you're renting something, and that's something you know, Stan mentioned contingency plans, when you think about every different piece of that function, because you're, you're, you're renting an entire pumping system. Right. Um, and, and that can really get you into trouble if you think, oh, I'm just going to go you know, rent equipment from somewhere. If they don't have everything you need to get what it is you're pumping from the location that it is to where you need it, you can, you're really going to be in trouble. Okay. Hunter, you can kind of start with the answer for this question, but what should water utilities look for in a temporary solutions provider? Well, you want to look for someone that is is going to have, you know, true 24-7 availability, right? Because, you know, the, the situation's not going to happen uh, Saturday night when it's raining in a poor situation like that. And you, you need someone that, that understands the entire system and understands every piece and component that goes together. That If you have a uh, the correct pump size with the wrong piping, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have the, you know, the, the wrong pump with the correct piping. So you, you really need someone that, that understands the entire system and has access and ability to supply you with your system on a temporary basis. Okay. I mean, that makes total sense. And then, you know, we, we started 
the conversation today mentioning contingency planning. And I think that's something that is highly valuable to water utilities, especially when looking at implementing solutions for things like SSOs or what have you. And so maybe we could kind of go over what contingency planning is or what it entails rather, why it's beneficial. Stan, if you want to kick us off with that response. Yeah. So uh, again, the, the contingency planning, you know, again, the, the goal is to avoid sanitary sewer overflows. So, you know, the reason we contingency plan is if there's a failure at that station. And again, a lot of those potential root causes can be, you know, clogging at the station, um, you know, potentially from COVID-19. It could be uh, bearings with a pump. It could be a lightning strike that took out the controls, um, you know, power surges. It could be a weather event that uh, created a situation at the station um, that could potentially create a sanitary sewer overflow. And again, those, those could lead to mechanical and electrical failures. And if that does happen, you know, the contingency plan is there in place uh, that if that municipal owner does have a failure um, at the station, they've got a backup plan in place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we stress um, to go out with those municipal owners and spend the time um, during normal operating conditions to look at those stations and put that plan in place. Um, to Hunter's point, <laughs> these typically don't happen uh, during a nine to five workday. They might happen at two o'clock on a Saturday morning when, you know, everybody's sleeping or nobody's at the station. But if they do get an alarm, uh, they have an equipment list of what they need mm-hmm. to take care of a sanitary sewer overflow. They have the contacts, um, the equipment list, and really pretty much a game plan that they can put into place and operate quickly. And, you know, when we do those contingency plans, you know, it's during a time where you can look at things. You can look if there's power on site um, to potentially either use an electric or a diesel-driven pump. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can assess the space constraints if there's anything that we need to be aware of if we're coming on site um, after hours. Uh, any noise abatement that might have to be taken into consideration if there's neighbors close by or, you know, if there's any noise that uh, could potentially disrupt a neighborhood, we want to look at that when we can. Um, for colder climates, uh, if there's any freezing considerations that would have to be taken into place, mm-hmm. um, you know, fuel supply, if we're going to use, again, if we're going to use power or uh supply diesel, uh, uh, diesel for the, uh, the pump that's going to be handling the situation. And then other things such as traffic flow considerations, um, and then proper sizing of the equipment. Sure. And then lastly, how we're going to communicate, if there's going to be any type of remote monitoring, uh, what is going to control the equipment on site, and then when that equipment is up and running, uh, what level of communication does that uh, municipal owner want to have? with that piece of equipment. So, you know, from my standpoint, that contingency plan is so important um, because you have the time and the capabilities to look Mm -hmm. and truly size up that contingency plan for that station versus if you're under adverse conditions and you're being called out as that emergency is happening, happening, you typically don't have the time uh, needed to maybe assess all those things. Uh, that are needed, right. you know, during the emergency. It's tremendously helpful that having to do it 
you know, while you're under the gun where sewage is spilling everywhere and you got an owner, you know, going crazy every minute that's ticking, they're looking at penalties, citations, lawsuits, public hearings, you know, employee accountability. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there's a lot of that 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 comes into play that if you can plan it, it saves a lot of that. which puts their mind at ease a little bit. So, so you outlined a lot of things that, make a good contingency plan. Is there anything for you that rises to the top as like the single most important Uh, thing you'd say that your contingency plan needs to have? Yeah. When when I'm, when I'm going to the job, obviously I'm looking for access to make sure that, you know, there's enough room to get the equipment on site. Um, You know, lifting equipment, uh, how are we going to deliver the equipment? And once we get there, how do we put it in place? Um, Does that municipality, or contract or have equipment or do we need to bring it and then for me i look at you know um the the lift that would be required if we use a a diesel driven or an electric dry prime uh if that lift is greater than what that pump can handle then we look at potentially using an electric uh, driven uh, flight pump and then from that standpoint what kind of power is on site what's available or is there a backup generator or do we need to bring power um, if not, then looking at that Godwin option as well. And then lastly, is there a connection to tie on to, say, a force main? Uh, if we're at a lift station, um, some of the existing stations uh, typically may not have that, but there could potentially be a check valve in the drive uh, in the dry well or wet well that we could potentially tie on to to bypass that flow in emergency situations. So those are the key things that I'm looking for, just doing that quick assessment if we're going to do a contingency plan. Those are the key things that stick out for me. Sure. Hunter, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think what I would mention is, is if you're looking at it from the municipal owner standpoint, the thing that they want to identify are, and, and it doesn't just have to be on the sewer side or the water side, but the key pieces of infrastructure that have to remain operational whatever the case may be, whether it be hurricane, you know, pandemic, you know, what we're facing now with, with blockages, but what are these key installations and key areas around their municipality that no matter what, these have to remain operational. And that, and that's the heart of the contingency plan is, is first identifying, okay, these locations, it's maybe, maybe it's the, the four drinking water pump stations and then it's the eight major lift stations. I don't need all 57 I have, but these eight critical ones have mm-hmm. to remain. So we identify these key locations that under all costs have to remain operational. And then we go through and we get the specifics of what it's going to take to keep them operational. But the first step really is identifying those key locations. And then we get into kind of the details like stand walk through. Okay. How do we get into the site? What kind of equipment do we have access to? Who's going to have keys to get in there? Who do we call in the middle of the night? All those different details are built out in the plan, but it really starts that municipal owner identifying what does he have to keep operational at all costs. On our show, In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, the latest series covers tips and trainings for small business owners. Listen to all five episodes of the Small Business Toolbox series wherever you get your podcasts. What are some ways that Xylem is supporting water utilities um, with regards to temporary water management solutions? There's some typical uh, things that people would 
would need temporary solutions for, whether that's this SSO situation, bypasses, and other emergency response. Have you seen an uptick in any of these areas because of COVID? I think that that uh, as we, we go down the road, um, we're, we're going to see the effects, more effects of COVID. Um, and I think, you know, now some of the construction, larger construction projects uh, may not be ongoing or, or not at full capacity uh, due to COVID. But I, I think as we get down the road, we're going to see more issues with, with clogging of pumps and potentially having to come in and do the bypass work. Okay. For me, now is a good time to educate as much as we can, uh, ed- educate the municipal owners on the advantages if they don't already know about the advantages of the NC technology in both Godwin and Flight to take the time now to educate them. And also, you know, engineering firms. Um, we do a lot of brown bags, you know, pre-COVID where we're at the job sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with now a lot of folks working remote, uh, now is a great time to send an invite out and go through a presentation, uh, to go through uh, the bypass uh, scenarios, go through contingency plans, and things that typically the engineer might not be thinking about that we can go through and educate, you know, the principals and their folks on things that we're thinking about when we're planning these, you know, contingency plans and putting together a solution for, you know, their customers who are eventually the municipal owners. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that makes that makes great sense. And, um, you know, I think that you're right. Education is a huge component of this, uh, getting the word out about all this stuff, the solutions that we offer, et cetera. Um, you, you are talking about NC technologies a little bit. And I, you know, I don't want to get too overly technical for our listeners, but maybe Stan, if you could just overview what that NC technology is for our listeners. Sure. So the, the non-clog technology, you know, um, flight has had it in there, you know, pumps for many years that it's a tremendous design from our, from our R&D engineers at uh, flight uh, that basically will, will pass any non-soluble solid that, that's coming down uh, into the interceptors, you know, whether it be uh, small pieces of rope, mm-hmm. any kind of uh, smaller trash items that traditionally would clog a standard uh, wastewater treatment system or a pump in their system. That flight pump with the design, uh, they've been able to channel that into the eye of the impeller and effectively pass that solid um, down into the waste stream. So we've been able to take that end technology that is in the flight pumps and put that into the Godwin pump. So again, the, the, the capacity and the capabilities of some of the bypasses that we've done in the past uh, by now taking that end technology and putting it into the Godwin uh, pumps has opened up a more robust and reliable mm-hmm. bypass option for our customers. Um, and again, it's a true and tried um, technology that's been in thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lift stations around the country, uh, running maintenance and clog free to be able to take that into our temporary solutions to me is a valuable asset to Xylem and to our customers and end users. Great. Thanks for that. Thanks for that overview. Um, I did want to mention that we had Mark Hansel, our government affairs leader on a recent podcast about the CARES Act 
and how it applied to small businesses. And he mentioned there were some components of the CARES Act related to disaster relief funds. Um, are you aware of any key takeaways within the CARES Act regarding disaster relief that could help utilities to know? Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm not familiar with anything specific. Um, I know that I think there's actually plans for additional funds being laid out to individual municipalities because I think that's gonna, they're seeing tremendous, tremendous revenue loss due to, due to I think mostly water use for, you know, the big, big industrial users not being active right now um, okay. due to the shutdown. Um, but I, I'm not aware of anything specific, but it, it's probably a little early, I think, in the game um, for some of these funds to become available just yet. Mm -hmm. That's good insight. I, I, th I think, I think to that point though, you know, to, to, you know, pony off 100 just said that we're going to have a lot of the municipalities now that as they see clogs, uh, if they don't have a backup or one of our dry prime backup systems at a lift station mm -hmm. um, in times like these where, you know, maybe their workers, they're limiting their exposure to, to going out into sites that that dry prime backup pump uh, at a station, you know, becomes uh, very valuable uh, because now that if they have, you know, either a mechanical or electrical failure at that lift station, you know, in times maybe they'd have a portable pump that they could tow out and take and hook up. I think having that pump permanently installed at the lift station is now going to be valuable. And, and again, in times where maybe the resources uh, aren't available uh, mm -hmm. or the safety of sending those resources out uh, isn't readily available, I think that's where having these, these backups, especially a permanently installed one, are going to be valuable assets to the municipal owners. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to that, what other changes do you see coming to the water utilities industry after COVID-19 is behind us? Well, I think, uh, I don't know if it's specifically a change, but I think a short-term impact we'll see probably, it'll, it'll probably take place, I would guess, in six to nine months from now, but I think we're gonna typically see um, less preventative maintenance being done and less repairs due to these lack of funds that we've spoken about. And that's going to exacerbate some of these issues that we're talking about right now. Clogging is going to become more of a concern because the pumps aren't in as good a shape um, and they're not able to handle, you know, what's coming down the road. So mm -hmm. I think any of the problems that we're starting to see now, we're going to see them um, exaggerated over time because of loss of revenue, lack of people and the, the, the things that we're experiencing. That's a really interesting take. Yeah, I, I was going to say I agree with Hunter that you know it's it's going to be the uh, the capital cost versus an expense for equipment, and you know I think to, to Hunter's point that the capital might not be readily available, uh, and the maintenance might not be uh, as robust as it was in the past. So I I think you'll see probably more rental opportunities come up uh, okay. in the short term. Um, and as, as those townships and municipalities get a, a budget that they'll look at those critical infrastructure pieces and then in those ones that are most critical, look to potentially install that permanently installed pump, you know, to help to mm -hmm. avoid situations maybe that they're seeing in times like today. This is Chris Elzeman. I, I was just listening to this and I wanted to pitch in. And I was thinking about a little bit longer term trends because of what we have learned through this uh, COVID 
time is that we do need to have a solid contingency plan in place because of what if something like this could happen and how do we prepare better? I, I think that one of the trends or like the thoughts like I, I have realized from the situation is also that uh, the need for automation and digitalization, which is, you know, there, there are a lot of like a hot and very attractive words that are being used, IoT and digitalization. But I think that, the, you know, what we have experienced, that we're, what we are still experiencing now in utilities, it also will, will help those trends to become more real because of, again, to be able to, you know, this, what, what does the sustainability of the organization really mean? And how do you grant the availability of safe water for your people for extended times? And how do you sustain this, you know, availability of these services, even if, if, you know, the employees or staffing, they need to stay remote? I think that that's, these are going to be the trends, like maybe in the longer term that, you know, once we get through this initial, you know, the, the most most pressing issues right now. But I, I think that these are the lessons that the world is, world is, world has changed and, and we need to change with it and what, what have we learned with it. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Anything else I'm missing that you want to add to the conversation? Any other points? Yeah, I think one of the things that, yeah, just one other point, you know, as we're looking at the differences, you know, we're, we're doing contingency plans. We're planning for, you know, a, a lot of constraints that we might see on a temporary basis. I think to Crystal's point, as, you know, this opens up and we look at long-term solutions, we might look at a permanent solution. You know, we have those offerings and capabilities available. So, you know, versus when we're looking at a temporary system, if it's permanent, you know, we maybe consider a, a, a you know a diesel, but also a natural gas uh, option, which we have available. Mm-hmm. Um, taking advantage of what's on the job sites for some of these folks, if you know noise consideration is an issue, is there a building on site? Uh, we've we've installed several pieces of equipment in existing buildings uh, to use the resource that's available, um, and we have the design and capabilities that um, you know we can supply lights, battery chargers, block heaters. If it's a diesel engine, I think uh, our remote monitoring, tying into SCADA systems, and the alarm functionality with the equipment is uh, world-class that we can offer, you know, communication links back to our end users that uh, can put their mind at ease, you know, knowing that their station is is taken care of. And if that backup piece of equipment would need to run, uh, that they could have the communication links to that piece of equipment. Uh, again, to give them a peace of mind that uh, the station's operational and functioning should, you know, an emergency occur. Sure. I mean, I think that's maybe more important than ever, that remote monitoring component, as we are finding different, I mean, not just in the water utilities sector, but everywhere. People are trying to minimize their exposure, keep employees safe, um, any opportunities they have to leverage technology, to Crystal's point earlier. Um, it's, it's, it's good to know that, um, we have all these capabilities. So I guess with that, I mean, I, I just want to thank you all again for being part of this series. I think we've gotten, um, some, some really good information out, uh, to 
our audience about both permanent and temporary non-clog solutions for pumping systems. Um, if there's a specific place people can find more information on temporary solutions, I know that there's the Xylem Rental Solutions website. Specifically, some of the products are Flight and Godwin Branded can be searched for. There's local branches and folks that can be contacted as well. Yeah, so there are local offices. Um, right. There's, there's several, you know, more than several. There's, you know, 50-plus branches across, across the U.S. and Canada. And then, you know, where we, where we don't have direct offices, there's, there's distribution that do a very similar thing to what we do that can, that can fill in any gaps and help the customer in very similar ways. Great. Well, thanks again, everyone, for, for being here. Take care, and uh, we'll hope to talk to you again in the future, but hopefully under different circumstances than, than the COVID pandemic. Thank you. Thanks, guys. The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe 